Oh, Lord, help me to open your word to us this morning. I feel like I want to um, reinforce something that the Lord has already spoken to us, primarily through what happened with Casey this morning. Again, it doesn't always happen that a family recognizes the departure of one of its members in an honoring way, and it's not always true that the person who's departing wants it recognized and honored. So um, I want to share something that the Holy Spirit has been giving to me this last week, and it's part of a larger teaching that I don't have time to give, and I may give it next week if the Lord permits. It's on the little foxes that spoil the vine, or the vineyard, and we'll get to the little foxes. By the time we get to them, they'll be big. <laughs> but as I was preparing, there's a, a, one scripture that really came into focus for me. If you have your Bible or if you have your device with your Bible on it and you want to refer to that, go to Ephesians 4. And um, from verse 17 all the way up to verse 32, there's a section of scripture that talks about putting off the old manner of life that we had before we came to the Lord and putting on the new manner of life that comes with our new creation Life in Christ. And uh, as Paul is kind of working through the elements of what the new life looks like in contrast to the old life, he says in verse 25, he says, Therefore, so the therefore is therefore, us to see that this is a set of conclusions he's drawing, practical conclusions. Concerning, now that you've put off the old and you've put on the new, which is Christ in us, so in our new nature, here is the way we're going to be acting. And he starts out with a very powerful statement that's echoed through other portions of his letters to the New Testament churches he writes to. We find it in John's writings as well, there's a very powerful emphasis on truth versus lies. So he says, therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. So that's... That's it for this portion of Scripture. There's a lot more I could get into, but I just want us to drill down on this particular portion of the word. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, every form of lying, every form of distortion of the truth. This is a biblical theme which is from the beginning to the end of the Bible, from the beginning when the serpent deceived Eve through deceit, through lying, falsehood. 
And all the, ra- all the way up to the end of Revelation when Paul gives us a list of those people who will not be permitted to enter into the kingdom of God, enter into heaven, essentially, and when heaven comes to earth, when Jesus comes back to earth and he recreates the heavens and the earth, those permitted to dwell in that new reality will not include those who are unrepentant liars. So this theme of truth and lying is one that's vital to us. And it's vital to us as a family. And that's the emphasis I want to give to, to it today as it relates to us. Lord, I pray you would give us ability now to see deeper in the spirit realm, not just in the natural. The real key to how to live together as a family of God is to see that the scripture describes us as members of one another. Members of one another. I took some time and I researched various translations of that particular scripture. And most of the translations translated that text, we are members of one another or we are members one of another. So that's a small difference, members one of another or members of one another. And kind of the meaning is kind of the same, but there were other scriptures in translations that communicated a different meaning. And it had to do that we are parts of each other. That we are connected to, intimately interpenetrating each other. Some translations have it that we are members of the same body, which is the body of Christ. And so that's a little bit beyond this particular verse, although I think the meaning's true. I'm not sure that meaning is exactly in this verse. But there's another scripture that Paul gives us in the book of Ephesians, when he talks about marriage. And this scripture has intrigued me, and it communicates the same meaning in a different context, as opposed to the one we're talking about right now, which is a family in the spirit, which we call a church. So a local church like this group of people who've all been led together by the Lord into one conglomeration of individuals somehow melded together. And this is where natural flows into spiritual. And this is what it, really what I want you to see spiritually. But in the natural, you're gathered here. You gather here, most of you, every Sunday or every other Sunday. And 
we experience each other. And somebody said, I think it was Casey, you know, that we kind of get a little, maybe a little testy that somebody's a little too close to us in the chair next to us or whatever. But so, so we, you know, we're, we're aware that we're, we're sitting next to people. We don't know, you know, if I go over here and I look at these two people on the end and I would guess that those people over there don't know these people here. We're, we're a medium-sized church. We're not a large church. We're not a small church. We're medium-sized, but we're still way too big to really know each other. But yet there's a reality to us being called together in the same body that's a deeper reality than simply a natural assembly of people in one spot at one time. Now, here's the other scripture that I think will give you insight. Paul says, husbands... Love your wives as Christ loved the church. And then he says something profound. He says, he says, no husband ever hates his own body but nourishes and cherishes his own body. And that's all embedded in Paul saying, Husband, love your wife as you love yourself, because really, your wife is you in female form. Really, there's a connection between husband and wife. This is a deeper meaning here. That there's a connection between husband and wife. There's an intimacy. There's an invisible connection that is so much deeper. And here's what happens. This other person in your life, female, male, how one treats the other is how one treats oneself. So the lie is that a married couple are not members one of another. And in fact, when Paul speaks about the husband and the wife in Ephesians 5, he ends that little passage where he talks about husbands love your wife as you love yourself. And then he goes on to say nobody hates his own body, but nourishes it. So really what he's getting to is husbands, see your, 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 um, your wife as this expression of you so that when you, the way you treat your wife is the way you are going to receive back being treated by others and especially your spouse towards you. Now, here's what I want to say. Let's go back to the first scripture. We are members one of another. Do not speak falsehood any longer, but speak absolute truth. One of the scriptural translations that I looked at had a paraphrase kind of understanding of that, and it was this. Um, it was... 
Do not lie to each other any longer because we're all part of each other after all. So when you lie to another person, you lie to yourself. This is a deeper meaning. The deeper meaning is the way that you treat her is going to flow back into you because you are members one of one another of the same body in the same family. This is the invisible spiritual reality. I'm not getting it the way I want to get it. Lord, help me in this. What I want you to see is the way you treat each other in this family of God called the church is the way in which God will orchestrate spiritual reality so that what you give out will come right back to you. I wish we could all just simply be loving and kind and never speak abusive words and never do anything nasty and unkind and unforgiving to another person in our spiritual family or in in our our earthly family. I wish we could do that simply because it's right to do it, and many of us have that as a noble goal. And so we're simply being good because being good is being like God, and we want to be like God. But there is a deeper reason because husband, the way you treat your wife is going to flow right back to you and impact you in your life. In the same way that you give out, it will be given back to you. And this is the way it is in this church. You know, let, let, me, let me say something. This, this is at a deeper level of the way we relate to each other. How many of you, and I'm going to say something now that might challenge some of you. How many of you, when somebody comes up here, we have this open mic. When somebody comes up here and they walk up to the mic and you look up and you go, oh no, not him again. Now, how many of you, you don't verbalize that, but you think it. May I suggest to you that in thinking that way, you are, well, first of all, you're judging that person. You're cutting yourself off from the organic spiritual connection that you have with that very person who is your brother or your sister. Member, a member with you in the same body. And what you're putting out in the world of thought has an energy to it that actually, in a minor but real way, has effect on the people up here and has effect on the entire body. See, we are called to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. That doesn't mean without sin ever, although that's a great goal. That is a great goal. Perfect means mature, fully developed in the realm of goodness, like our Heavenly Father is fully developed and mature 
in the realm of goodness. There's so much more that could be said right embedded in the scripture. And this is all part of the teaching, but so much of what Paul is saying in Colossians and Ephesians and so much of what he says to the Christian communities that he speaks to is he pleads with them. He says, I come to you as a nursing mother. I come to you as a, as a loving father. And I want to plead with you, never, never, never let an abusive word come out of your mouth towards another person in your church. Never. And let's take it back. Before it comes out as a word, it appears as a thought. Before it's a thought, it's an impulse of the heart. In a way that we can't fully understand, the person who gets up here and is going to give a word, that person... is you in a different form. So when you judge that person, or when you go home, and you mention to your spouse, some negative thing, and you do it in a tone of voice that implies condemnation, And what's that called? You're having roast preacher for dinner? But I don't even care about me. I'm, I, I care about others. Because I know you would never say anything like that about me. But others. That other one that you have that negative thought toward, that you express in an, an abusive word, a word that, 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 that brings abuse with it that doesn't bring up building, that doesn't give grace in time of need. I want to call us to such a high standard of the way we think about each other, of the way we speak about each other, of the way we pray for each other, because we are members one of another. And what we give out is going to flow back to us and it's going to flow back on the body as a whole. Now, I want to say something and I'm almost done. I want to say this. This is not a rebuke for an area of failing that I see in the body going on right now. I think, to be honest, that we're a fairly extraordinarily loving church. And I think that we're a fairly extraordinarily non-judgmental church. But I am saying this to us to nip in the bud something that could grow as we move forward in the things of the kingdom. This is one of the little foxes that can destroy the blossoming vine branches. We have got to discipline, by the grace of God, our thought life and our word life, so that in the words of Scripture, 
What we say, and I'm going to take it even back, what we think, and let's even take it back further, what we feel towards one another gives grace to others. Whatever the opposite of grace is that you want to define, that's not what we want to give. We want to give grace, favor, blessing, goodness to others. In all, we want to be radiators. Somebody said, Casey prayed up here, that we would be not only experiencers of the peace of God, we'd be carriers of the peace of God. I want to declare to you that I want this church to be filled overflowing with the grace of God in such a way that we radiate that in what we feel, in what we think, in what we say, in what we do all the time. And that's the whole call of the Christian church. And if we are like that, we set a standard that's high. And the world's standard. Bob, if you don't mind, I'm going to, Bob Heisler back there, cornered me at the beginning of the, before the service, and he spoke to me and he said, Bruce, would you some, at some point preach against the deteriorating nature of the political discourse in our nation? And I want to say to you, I don't care what your political persuasion is, it's all gotten really ugly. And guess what? We are to be a light set on a hill. We are to show forth a standard of utter and complete goodness and blessing. It doesn't mean we tolerate sin. It doesn't mean we affirm sinful lifestyles. But what it means is even to those in sin, we manifest the unconditional love of God. Because who among us here in this room is not without, with, how am I saying this? You know what I'm saying. All of us have got something. All of us have got something. And we want to love. Do your words abuse? Or do your words build? Your call is to build this man into a man of God greater than he's ever been. Your call is to build this woman into a woman of God greater than she's ever been. And she'll never achieve it and he'll never achieve it if the words that flow out of your mouths towards one another are words that abuse and condemn. Don't do that. Married people, don't do that to one another. Repent! (laughs) And repent with regard to speaking about others in your spiritual family here because we are members one of another. And what we speak and think and feel towards others is going to come back on us. Maybe in not a direct causal way, but it's going to flow back. It's the nature of the spiritual universe. It's the law of sowing and reaping. It's going to happen. So don't do it. Man, you know, and I'll say this and then we'll end. 
About 15 years ago, I don't know why it took me so long. I was saved when I was uh, in 1969. About 15 years ago, I came to the conclusion that the absolute best thing I could ever do for myself and everybody was around me is to always be loving. Why is that the best thing I can do for me? Because what I give out will be received back. And I started sowing 15 years ago. I am not going to give out anger and abuse and condemnation and tearing down and sarcastic words that rip and tear into other people. I was really good at that stuff. But I determined that I don't want that stuff coming back in my life towards me. And so I made a decision from now on, by the grace of God, I am going to be a conveyor and a carrier and a radiator of the unconditional love of God. To whoever I'm with, I don't care if they respond correctly to me or not. In fact... It's a better form of grace in me if they don't respond the way I should because then I can still be Christ-like to those who are my enemies. Be my enemy, that's okay. It just makes me more sanctified. <laughs> Let's stand together. God, I pray. For all of us in this room, Lord, and those of us who aren't here this Sunday but are part of this body, I pray, Lord, that the absolute reality in the spirit realm of the fact that we are members one of another would not only be understood, but would be lived out, (laughs) lived out in this church. Thank you for making this church what we now are. We're a loving family. Thank you for that, God. But even as Paul spoke to the Thessalonians, he said, you guys are loving, but I want you to abound even more in the love of God one towards another. And I pray, Lord, that that would be true of us as spouses, in families, in churches, in, 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 inside this church and between churches. Bless and curse not. Bless and curse not. Absolute. Let it be so in us, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. <laughs>